Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Diamonds in my teeth, I got a lot of shine. Running up the number, that's a lot of crime. Try to take it from me, must be at your mind. Welcome to episode 291 of 4th and John. I'm here with Evan Hollywood Hearn and Mal Davis in the building. Today we are talking about training camp news and notes. Obviously, there's differences of opinions on the timeline. So it's this, you know, news and notes is everyone has news and notes at this point. Um, And some other people are more critical than others when it comes to practice notes. Uh, Be all to end all of some and others see it as a time to get better if you're listening to A.J. Brown. Uh, But overall, I, I think uh, I think Eagle fans are so hungry for news. That they'll, they'll, they'll take in any little bit of information that they can get. So we're, we're going to go over some, some, some news and notes. Um, but overall, I think uh, I'm not concerned. It's, it's day one and day two. Uh, it's, it's, you know, how, how are, you, are you guys feeling the same way? Or I'm, I'm, just, I'm just vibing off the excitement that football's back, Gail. Like, like, yes, like you said, uh, first and second day of training camp, they're still getting their, uh, their sea legs underneath them, as, J- as Jimmy Kemsky put it. Um, you got to shake the rust off, man. And I'm not saying that that's an excuse and, you know, we're just going to allow them to perform uh, poorly in, you know, training camp in the preseason, but it's the first two days. And we, we showed some, we saw some flashes of some good things that happened and we saw some things that, you know, like I said, is shaking the rust off. So I'm just happy that football's back. Yeah. Straight like that. Mark, what up? Yeah. Mr. 17 and 0 in the building. You feel me? <laughs> Undefeated season incoming. Uh, yeah, man. Same, bro. I missed the past couple shows. So just excited to be back tapped in with y'all. Uh, excited to tap in with the homies, the fans, everybody. And if football is back, bro, you know, we're going to be sitting here, you know, uh, uh, closely analyzing practice and shit, right? Like it's nah, man. You know, I think we, we just got to 
Yeah, I lost. I lost it. No, you're there. You're there. You're back. Oh, okay. Now. Yeah. Good. This this internet Verizon, you're <laughs> terrible. Um, but yeah, just <laughs> excited to to break down practices. You know, a couple in folks are already freaking out. You know, I'm, I'm looking at some of the the other voices of Philadelphia uh, talking wild about Hertz already, as if this is meaningful stuff just yet. So, yeah, man, we here though. We here. Yeah, yeah the conspiracy's yeah. real, Mal. The conspiracy against oh, yeah. Jalen Hurts is real. Mm-hmm. It's, oh, okay. Like people talk okay. about Miles Sanders being polarizing, and like we'll probably get into that. Hurts is like you love him or you hate him kind of deal, right? It's like you believe he can be the future, or you're completely out on him. And I find it so strange to like dislike somebody that is clearly so likable and also has the skills to potentially be, I mean, at worst, a middle of the pack starting NFL quarterback, at best, a relatively high ceiling to him. So uh, I'm excited to see how camp keeps going. Um, I want to see what Carson Strong could do, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, when we're talking about Jalen Hurts, I mean, Jalen Hurts is the he, he he's getting all the pub these days, whether it's yeah. whether it's good or bad. I mean, we'll start with uh, Jalen Hurts. I think Jalen Hurts is is a guy that uh, everyone's excited to see what he, he's do- doing. Like whether it's you know five or six throws, or you know if he's he's got a couple incompletions, it's all of the time. I know I know Elliot Shore Parks Parks has his little uh, throw chart out there, so it's it's you know people people are paying attention. But to to me, I think. Um, you know, the first day of practice, I think Eagle fans, uh, I think, can believe that the offense did, did fairly well from all the news and notes that we've seen out there. For sure. What say you guys? You guys feel like the offense did their thing day, day one? Yeah. yeah. No, I th- I, it seems I, like I, it. Go ahead, man. No, no, I was just saying it seems like it. Like from from all of the information, it seems like, you know, day one was was offense. Um, we got a chance to see some some big time plays. Uh, Hurts hooking up with AJ Brown. Um, apparently, Gainwell, you know, showed a little bit of wiggle in space and did his thing too. Uh, Quez Watkins was out there balling. You know the usual suspects, man. Like that's why I'm saying 17 and 0 because you know we got all the we got all the pieces. Um, now we just have to see how they coalesce as the year goes along. Yeah. The funny thing about um about practice, man, you 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 see uh you're seeing you're seeing practices shortened. That's one thing I've noticed. Uh, over the last couple of days, you you have a practice that lasts fifty eight minutes, and the second one lasts uh, an hour and fifteen minutes. So, in terms of like anyone who's played football, and you know, like the long days, dog days of mm-hmm. summer camp, like three hour practices were a thing. To see practice fifty eight minutes, I feel like that's. I think they're. I. I it's the new age of practicing. It's yeah. a new age of practicing, but and listen, this this is uh, decisions that are determined by people that are smarter than I. So I'm not going to sit here <laughs> and act like I know more than them. But one thing that is a huge part of training camp is conditioning and getting your body ready yeah. for the season. And that is what me as a non-medical professional is worried about. I'm looking at yeah. these guys. I'm like, if they are not getting the proper amount of, uh, you know, conditioning, stretching, just working themselves out, getting their bodies ready for the season, I'm worried about soft tissue injuries. So yeah. um, like, like we also said, we're only two days into this. So I'm not going to sit here and complain that the first two practices were pretty short. It's I mean, I, I think about those two days, three days that we did hot August, you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. like they were super inefficient too, right? They're like, we were out there for hours, but we were doing a bunch of dumb stuff. And so yeah. when I think about the actual time that we committed to 
practicing offense, defense, special teams, it was probably like an hour and a half of all that time. So mm-hmm. I don't think that, you know, looking at the Eagles becoming a bit more streamlined in their practice times, I'm not super worried about. Um, I think, her. you make an excellent point about conditioning, right? Mm-hmm. Like, that's the part that I'm most concerned with is those quad injuries, those hamstring injuries, you know, those calf injuries, because those joints linger. And then when yeah. you get into the season, there's no time to really get over it, right? Like you either right. sitting out practicing games or you playing through it. Um, and we have dudes like AJ Brown who's had recurrent injuries like that, right? Like we have, you know, uh Sale Malo who's had recurring injury issues. And so uh yeah, man, as long as we stay healthy, that's always been the case. If we stay healthy, anything can happen. And from an even wider scope, we also have had trust issues with our medical staff as well. And so, like, while I I completely agree with you that, like, once you get to the regular season, you really don't have time. And I'm not trying to say that it happens or not, but it almost feels like when you get to the regular season and especially when you get put between a rock and a hard place where you got to start winning some games, guys that are injured tend to get pushed back and encouraged to come back a little bit sooner before they're ready. And with these soft tissue injuries and how they linger, not a good thing. Hey, but we were one of the healthiest teams last year, so that, that's a good sign of you know if if we're, we're going to believe the medicals and the medical team. You know, you know, well, I'm all about the medicals. You know, so we'll, we'll, we'll let them do it. They do it. I heard that um they're not going to have three day uh three consecutive days of of um like uh you know on the third day they 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 kind of said that um third days third days will be walkthroughs. Mm-hmm. Uh, in teaching moments, but they said on the third days when um, consecutive um, practices in a row that they tend to have, you know, Ice soft cream? tissue, soft tissue yeah. injuries. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's just why they're changing practice up. Um, that's so that's that's pretty interesting. Let, but let, um, let, me, let me ask you something, Gail, because we had a conversation prior to jumping on here. Just thoughts on the t-shirt. Thoughts on the hey. t-shirt. Uh, you know, I, season, baby. I get that. Uh, I, you know, if if that's what, if that's what Sirianni likes to do, and that's his thing, you know, what supporting his quarterback? Support? <laughs> no, I mean, like, because I mean, he, he wore Brandon Graham shirt. He's got his collective. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I did ask him when I talked to him personally at the Eagles Autism Challenge. I was like, yo, I see you wearing those custom shirts all the time, but you should wear some of these custom kicks. That's yeah. in the works. But I'm saying. You know, I, it is what it is. Like, you know, some people have a feeling, a certain feeling about the T-shirts. Some I mean, people like yeah. it. Some people don't. No, and I, I, and like I totally – I, I, I don't have a problem with – like, the way that I weigh it is, like, we, ha- we have had a coach in Chip Kelly who really – like, he was a guy that preached, you know, emotional intelligence and stuff like that, but he didn't know how to connect with his with yeah. all of his players. And right. so I am looking at a coach in Nick Sirianni who's making an honest effort at trying to connect with his players and get on the same page and same level as them. And even if some people view it as corny, I view it as like, I'm just thankful to have a coach that's trying to be involved with his players and support. You know what I mean? And, and that's how I think about it too, right? Is that you need that connectivity. You need that connection. You need that synergy. You know, I think a lot of times the head coach takes this sort of standoffish CEO approach 
like they're above it and it's on the position coaches and it's on the coordinators to like build that rapport with the players whereas Sirianni came in from day one man and he was like yo I'm one of the I'm one of the dudes and I think the players really responded especially the veterans because he is so young that like you got to get the veterans brought in right or bought in so look at Brandon he got the Brandon Graham shirts like he's catering to his leaders but in a genuine way so mm-hmm. yeah, I'm with it, man. As somebody that wears hella graphic t-shirts to the point where my wife was like, yo, you got to stop. That like, <laughs> I respect it. Cause you know, I think that it's a great way to again, build that rapport. Um, but big your fellas up too. Like you showing up in a hurt season shirt says a lot, right? Like that's it's- a pretty definitive statement about where we are in regards to hurts being that guy in Philadelphia. And just yeah. to piggyback off of that, Gail, how do you feel about AJ Brown wearing the hurt season hat? I think it's a, yeah, you, you, you have to be consistent. No, I think it's a good look because I yeah. mean you're you're supporting your quarterback. <laughs> shout out to shout out to Lord Brunson. I actually talked to him yeah. yesterday. We we're definitely yes, talking sir. about tr- trying to get him on to talk about his hat and uh, the fact that uh you know it's it went viral and, and the fact yeah. that AJ Brown is out here in the community. Uh, I, I saw him put out a post and it was like uh you know looking to support some some black businesses. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, throw your your business in the chat, and the fact that he is supporting Lord Bruns, that's that's dope. Yeah, um, sure. So, uh, you know, I, I just feel like at the end of the day, like I think the the rapport and vibe that's building within the team, whether you you know like like wh- whatever you have to say about the team internally, I feel like they're connected. I feel like they're tr- they're trying, and they're they're all kind of locked in. From what I'm seeing, yeah. I think uh, I think uh, I, I think I'm bought in. I think, but I do, I get, I, I do have conversations every day with Eagle fans. I'm, this is not a lie. This is at least have 30 different conversations going on at least. Uh, so it's like, I pick up on, you know, some of Eagle fans aren't, aren't bought in. Uh, they're not bought into, I, I was like, it's very early. And I, I was like, there's no reason for you not to be not bought in. Uh, but if, if you're, if you're going by some of some, some of these notes of some incompletions and you'll, You'll, you'll buy into a certain narrative, and that's I yeah. feel like to make a narrative off of uh, a couple practices, you know, it, it'd have to be a string of practices where you see something. But again, AJ Brown alluded to saying uh, in camp that you you can't you can't like I mean it's in practices where is where you try things. He said that yeah. I I find things off the internet like I'll find things that I want to try in practice um, to see if I can use them in my game. And if I fail in practice, he's like, that's so be it. It's practice. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think that with the Hurts slander or feedback specifically, it piggybacks off of a year and some change of people not wanting him, right? And the eyeball test, the Tampa game, like people have all of this ammunition loaded up to say he's not the guy while conveniently ignoring the fact that he was a Pro Bowl alternative, alternate who was voted on by his peers, right? Like his all-purpose yards last year, he was he had like a ridiculous number of first-down rushes. Like he was at certain points in the season, Jalen Hurts was our offense when things got erratic or when things weren't really moving well. And so it's a it's a it's a give and take situation. I don't think that Jalen Hurts is perfect by any means, but I do believe that he could be the quarterback of the future, right? Like people comparing Josh Allen now to who Josh Allen was when he came in the NFL. People were ready to run Josh Allen out of the league after his second year in the NFL, right? That like he had to turn the corner. The only way you turn the corner is when you have an offensive staff that believes in you. 
You have skill position players around you that can make plays. You have an offensive line in front of you that can protect you. Then it's on you. Hurts has those things now. And so I think now we can really assess in the second year in this system full time um, with all of these skilled players around him that were brought in to make sure that he had what he needed and one of the best offensive lines in the NFL. Now I'm sitting for 17 games and I'm assessing who Jalen Hurts can be. But previous to that, I don't think we have enough information. We have such a small sample size. No one can say one way or the other which way this thing is going to go, in my opinion. And as somebody that grinds tape and watches, I see the 10-yard out that's hard to make in the NFL. I see the zip on the passes. I see him fitting it into, into tight windows. And then I also see him not making his second read in the progression, taking off too early. So it's a work in progress. He's still a young guy. That's what these can't. That's what camp is for, right? It's to work through those things and find that momentum to carry it into the regular season. Uh, but just want to shout out everybody uh, in the chat. It's Friday. You know, some people have – I, I got half half day Fridays on Friday, so that's a, it's always I, a good thing. I, I get, wish, I get two, two hours off early. It's not okay. a full day, summer, but I'll I miss summer it. Fridays, bro. Those was yeah. nice. I just finished a, a, a three-day conference, so I couldn't wait to run up out that building and get <laughs> over here with the gang again, man. Yeah, shout out to Mark Jordan, uh, Conrad in the building, uh, who was at the Jalen Hurts uh, camp. Uh, shout out to uh, his photography. Yeah, uh, he said he will. Yes, he, he said he will be joining us uh, August seventh at the open practice. Hell yeah! Look forward and to seeing the, and, and the tailgate. Um, yes. Now Brad has a question in the chat. He says, I "Have a question, just like the dog mask. How do I get one of those extra bubble wrap helmets, pad, like Kelsey wore today? Obviously, uh, the Guardian wrap has been a thing. Uh, I guess it's a new thing that's uh, imp- been implemented." Yeah, I, I was looking them up today. They're only like fifty bucks. Lane Johnson called it. Uh, they said Bullshit. they look goof, goofy as shit. Yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, they do. And then uh, Jason Kelsey had his own bubble wrap attached to the top of the helmet. So I thought that was a nice added touch to that. He looked like um, a half open. They, they, they do look goofy, but at the same time, like according according to the stats of it, they say it's supposed supposed to reduce the chance of Head getting. Trauma. Uh, yeah, yeah, a concussion yeah. by like 33% in practice. Listen, I'm, which, I'm for it. If they want to look that. goofy to save that, save that, that's fine with me, man. Yeah, listen, wear it in the game, man. Paint the yeah. paint the Eagles John on the side of it and, and let's protect these brains, man. Well, Evan, Evan was Evan was concerned. Um, he was a current concerned dad about Grant Calcaterra being that he that he had yeah. concussions. So the fact yeah. that Guardian raps are our thing. I think Evan's pleased to see that. But speaking of uh, uh, Calcaterra, he had, uh, he had a he had a pretty uh, had yeah. a pretty pretty Doing good thing. Had a dive and catch. Uh, and I mean, that's not, it's not surprising, right? That like you know when he was at Oklahoma, he played well. His last year in college, after having to medically retire, came back played well. Uh, you know, he's somebody I'm excited to see split out. We were looking for that tight end too, Tyree. We're unsure if he's that guy. Um, you know, we got Dick Rob, but he's also like 60 years old. And so, you know, <laughs> at some point you have to prepare yourself to move on in the future. Um, I think Calcaterra has some all young tight ends have that learning curve of how to block in the NFL because the game is faster. And so I think that he'll, you know, figure that out. But as far as catching the football, he never had any issues with that. So, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not surprised to see him playing well. Um, I hope that it continues. And, yeah, man, protect that brain. I- I'm excited for him, but I'm also, like, every hit he takes, I'm like, 
yo, is he good? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Is he good? Because, whoo, buddy. I mean, we'll talk about the injury report. Uh, I mean, we the three players that are on the active uh, and, and the physically unable to perform this. Uh, Tyree Jackson, Brett Toth, and uh, Dick Rod are actually on that list. Um, on but the, the other, he's on pop. Right? Yep, yep. Yeah. Um, is so that Noah's a guy as well, or worse? Uh, I'm not. I'm not. He, I'm not sure if he was on on the uh, pup list, but um. So that the Eagles did sign Jaden Graham. Uh, they they actually signed Cameron Tom, a center, and they actually signed a wide receiver Lance Lenore. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you, you, the other the other news out there, you know, Kelsey is coming coming back from uh, having COVID. So um, um, Fletcher Cox is actually coming back from having COVID. He said that yeah. he had a uh, he had some issues dealing with it so he said he was pretty sick um zach pascal uh wide receiver zach pascal one of one of uh uh sirianni's favorites food food poisoning um and then anthony harris also was dealing with um he's coming back from covid he was at practice today um that's why uh epps and Kayvon wallace actually had some first team uh, reps on uh, the first day of practice. If to, to be yeah. getting those first uh, first reps, I mean, from what I heard, Marcus Epps was performing pretty well. Um, and I heard Wallace was getting cooked. So we, uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, take win some, lose some, right? Yeah, um, no, absolutely. But like Epps is one of those guys that like I did I didn't exactly know how to feel about Marcus Epps. Mm. Well, I, it's like I know that he's not a top flight safety in the league, but is he going to mm-hmm. be a guy that we can consistently rotate in and he can, you know, he's not going to be a liability. And I think that yeah. if he can prove that in this training camp and he continues to improve and he's getting these first team reps, I'm all for it, man. Epps, I kind of look at similar to like, like he's a player that like kind of like hurts, right. That like he's going to work his ass off. If it doesn't happen, it's just because it wasn't meant to happen, right? But, right. like, Marcus Epps is going to give everything he has. He's going to put his body on the line. He's going to study the game. He's going to play well. They were, I guess at some point, Kayvon Wallace was out of position, and Epps is the one telling him where he's supposed to be, right? And so he's even understanding the defense at a very intricate level where he knows where other players around him are supposed to be. And so that's a big step in the right direction because you also do have to kind of direct that traffic on the back end. So I'll be very curious to see first, like how many reps Marcus Epps and the safeties get in the preseason, right? I think that like who you see sort of not playing as much are the folks that are probably going to start versus the guys that you're getting a ton of reps just to catch them up. So excited to see what Epps can do. Um, he had his own like highlight real hype video that he released on Twitter um, and, and had the comment session was was jumping like folks was hype for him. So I'm um, excited to see what he could do, man. Still a young dude, a lot to prove. Um, but, you know, we have depth. We keep talking about this. Like yo, we're like four deep at every important position. Right. Yeah. When was the last time we could sit and say four deep? Like the next man up is actually a quality football player and not just like a deep reserve. So that that really, other than going seventeen to no, I think that that's the piece that has me as excited. And and that's one of the reasons why Andre Dillard is growing on me as a uh, mm-hmm. as a um, a depth piece because uh, I, I know that like realistically he doesn't fit in the starting rotation. But God forbid anybody does go down, he's an awesome guy that's going to be able to fill in. Um, you know, either probably at guard or tackle. 
I, I, I worry about him flipping over to the other side, though, to the right exactly, side of the line, because yeah. I know that he's had issues with that before. Yeah. Compared that to try and wiping your butt with uh, your opposite hand. Yeah. When you talk about that, uh, wipe like ambidextrous, man. You gotta wipe with both. Like, you gotta, gotta practice. Gotta nice with him. Uh, I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna literally put you in the bathroom. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, the fact that the last when the Eagles won the Super Bowl, you had a guy, Big V, who came yeah. off the bench and gave Swing. you those quality snaps. So, I mean, it, anytime you got that kind of depth, it's very cool. I mean, players are going down across the league. I know yeah. Jensen uh, recently got hurt for the Bucks. Yeah. People are already asking. To, are we going to offer up players? Mm-hmm. Uh, Isaac Sumalo, um, he got his first team, first team reps at, at guard. Yeah. But also, uh, uh, I saw um, a stat out there that while while playing together for six years, Lane Johnson and uh, Isaac Sumalo have only played one snap next to each other. So Damn. that's an interest. That's an interesting uh, nugget because you you think about the 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 uh, communication between. A um, you know, Elaine Johnson and um, mm-hmm. Brandon Brooks, and Brandon like that. Brooks, yeah. That communication is like, I know where you're gonna be. I don't need to ask what I like. I don't. Need, we just, it's like dancing partners. You know where the other person's yeah. gonna be. Mm-hmm. So that that was a wild stat. I mean, six years they played together, but only played next to each other for one snap. That is crazy. I, I'm curious to see what that competition looks like. Right, like you know, everybody covering it right now is speculating. That so say Omalo is gonna get that nod at right guard, which I think he he should, but also having Sua Peta, like I've heard nothing but good things about Sua Peta. Like this coaching staff, I was listening to some stuff uh yesterday and they were saying like they're super excited about him because they've developed him into a dog, right? And then you have Jack Driscoll, who also has some like swing tackle, kick inside the guard capabilities. I feel like the best offensive lines have that, right? Like when you were talking about Big V, like the best old lines have swing tackles, man. They got dudes that can play both sides. They have some folks that can play all three positions on the inside interior offensive line. And so, you know, again, if it's not, say, Omalo, somebody's got to step up and run away with that job. And I'll be very curious to see through camp and through the preseason, like my lot of did versus Diller, right? Like that once my lot of took hold of it, he ain't never give it up again. I want to see who's gonna take that 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 right guard position um and hold on to it and run with it through camp and through the regular season. I got something that'll make you feel confident about that though, and that is that we have the best offensive line coach in the league in Jeff Stoutland. Yeah, in history. One of the best ever. <laughs> yeah. And yep. I'll uh I'm I'm gonna trust whatever decision how he, he decides to trot those guys out there. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, Absolutely. speaking of ways that he's trotting guys out there, uh the offensive line, uh so far it's looked like Jordan Malata at left tackle, then Dickerson at left guard, Cam Jurgens at center. Isaac Sumalo at right guard, Lane Johnson at right tackle. Uh, as we move to the second team, we had Andre Dillard at left tackle, Suo Peta at left guard, Jack Anderson um, at uh, at, at center, Coyote Awasika at right guard, Jack Driscoll at right tackle, third team. Uh, we had no <laughs> Andre Dillard, left guard, Josh Sills. Cameron Tom um, at center, Bill Dunkel at right guard, right tackle was the Raven Clark, and uh, Kelsey was out today. So this is a that's a recurring really interesting thing. to see the Raven Clark third team tackle right yeah. with his familiarity with like the coaching staff 
as somebody that last year they brought in specifically because he had that positional flexibility that he's not even getting reps on the second team, but he's the third team right tackle. Just thought that was interesting uh, just to start things off. Curious if he moves up or gets cut or what happens, but I feel like if I'm looking at a third team right tackle, I want a young boy, right? Like somebody I might be able to practice squad uh, stash uh, for the future versus an older veteran. Like, hey, yo, dude, if you can't beat out Jack Driscoll, I don't know that you need to be here. Yo, I'm, I'm, Jack Driscoll's a guy who I'm, a football I'm, player, dog. I, I, I'm loving what I'm seeing from him. I'm he's loving the, the fact player. that he's a depth piece, but also yeah. he's I feel he's a developing piece that could be a future starter. I think Talk he about, ends up at right guard, dude. Like I think yeah. Jack Driscoll's going to be a dog. He, it's going to be a dog fight at that right guard position. Uh, cause even with Sue paid a humongous human being. Right. And so, you know, on that inside interior line, you need those, those human being movers. Um, and Opeta from what folks have been saying has gotten his, uh, technique up and is now being able to transition his feet and his hands into power to be able to move folks off the ball and off the line of scrimmage. I was talking about, um, Mark's comment here. He said, Kenny G getting first team reps. Ooh. Um, you know, Kenny G is a guy who he, he's he's really shown his hands. He's really shown his ability to uh, get have uh, get in the end zone. Uh, pretty versatile for a first year player. I yep. think um, you know I saw a note from Jimmy Kemsky. He said that um, Miles Sanders is the most talented back of the group, yep. like you know hands down. So, but I, I feel like you know Kenny G is a guy who's uh, I don't think he's backing down anytime anytime no. yet soon or anything but i feel like again it's a good thing to have such guys as kenny g and boston scott who's also getting first team reps as well yep. um so yeah. how are we how are we feeling about that I, i'm I, i'm really excited about it because like i said uh when we talked about the running back position in our position breakdown i think kenny g was a great uh player last year that we kind of just drifted away from for no yeah. particular reason whatsoever. I mean, yep. I forget exactly what the breakdown was, but I thought I remember it being like a third of his um touches that he had all season came in the course of like three games. Yeah. So like uh the fact that I feel like he was just underutilized and yep. it could it could be because we had a pretty like we had a decent stable at running back while miles sanders is healthy but uh if he if you know kenny g continues to improve and show that uh he can be an impact in both receiving out of the backfield and running the ball i think that it will like i i heard the same thing as you gail that miles sanders is head and shoulders above every other running back in this group but if kenny g balls out bro he can easily kind of start to split carries with miles sanders in my opinion yeah, yeah, so man. um yeah, so he, he worked Miles Sanders worked exclusively with the second team um today. That was that was today. Um yeah. and but, he um, I mean he should he he is the most talented back that we have, but also I feel like he brings a level of inconsistency or like a question mark because you're not sure which Miles Sanders you're gonna get, right? Like, are you going to get the guy that scored no touchdowns? Are you going to get the guy the year before that was able to break some really big runs for us? Uh Like, which one of these players is he? And at this point in his career, I feel like we shouldn't still be asking that question, right? That, like, we have a pretty solid idea who we have in Kenny Gainwell. We have a pretty good idea of who we have in Boston Scott. It's like the most established or the player that should be the most established is also the biggest question mark. So, you know, 
I feel good about the running back group. And like, yeah, Hearn, you know, when we did the breakdown for running backs, you had mentioned the fact that Gainwell's production came basically in like three or four games, right? Um, which, which, you know, I want to see that more evenly dispersed, continue to give him reps. I mean, I would love to see him jump ahead of Boston Scott, but also you got to earn it. If you're not ready for it, you know, Boston Scott, a dog, you're going to have to knock him off. Yeah. And so if you can't knock him off, um, then you'll get whatever's left over. But I've always been excited about Gainwell's ability to catch the ball and yeah. the level of versatility that that adds to an offense with a Jalen Hurts, because then it also adds a level of unpredictability that's important. You know, you could put any three of these running backs in the game. You don't know if they're going to run, pass, block, catch, go out into the flats, right? Like all of them have a similar sort of skill set. So I'm excited, man. I, I want to see what Gainwell can do. Um, I think I that he could be the future. I think that's one of the benefits that we have, too, is the fact that, like you mentioned, how we have two other strong options at running back. So if Miles Sanders goes down from injury um, or if he just isn't carrying his weight, um, we have two yeah. other options that aren't exactly at his level. But not every team in the NFL has the ability to just kind of plug and play running backs the way that we do and the yeah. way that we did last year, where even, you know, we were bringing in Jordan Howard in like when it looked like his career was over and he ends up being yeah. one of our better running backs we had. But that's the type of thing that you can do when you have an elite offensive line like we do. Um, talking about other notes offensively, what other offensive notes stood out to you guys? Um, oh, I, I got one. Go for this, this one's uh, for uh, Prime. Uh, Jalen Rager's he's had, yeah. had a nice start to camp. Yeah. This is what, this is what, yeah. what I'm hearing. Uh, uh, actually, Jimmy Kemsky was uh, noting that he had a pair of touchdowns, um, that he, he was working with the second team off um, offense. But um, it's not, I mean, for a guy who's been struggling. Yeah, dude, I, I'm I'm always happy to hear positive news out of camp. I I, I don't uh, care who it is. I'm always happy to hear positive <laughs> news out of camp. Uh, um, but like Rager, like the one thing, and I know that Jimmy Kemsky had touched on this too, because like the common perception was because of uh, the one-handed catch and a few other highlights that Jalen uh, Rager had pulled off last year during camp. How it had created this perception that he had a really good camp. When in right. reality, it was more of just like a couple of highlights and he was very yeah. inconsistent throughout. And yeah. so I like that to me just kind of keeps that in the back of my mind. Um, I'm not trying to dog on Jalen Rager by any means, but like, listen, man, you've dug yourself into a hole to the point where you have to prove that you are that guy. So I, I'm not I'm not counting you out yet. You're still on the team. You're still repping my, my logo. But uh, you need to now uh, go above and beyond to prove that you are worthy of, you know, getting some solid play during the regular season. And I thought that it was really interesting that Rager was the first guy up for special teams. So return it right that he mm -hmm. he was ahead of Kobe. He was ahead of, you know, some of these other cats that came in specifically for that reason. After seeing him muff punts, after seeing him, you know, misunderstand positioning and, and you know, pinning the, the offense back deep. He's still the first guy up early on in camp. So, you know, I think that, like, it's definitely a make-or-break opportunity for Rager. Stack these days on top of each other. It's going to be some tough ones in there. There'll be some drops in there. There'll be some missed opportunities in there. But in the uh, end of the day, you got to stack those good days. Stay on top of it. You know, continue to maximize these opportunities because, in reality, this Eagles coaching staff could have been gave up on this man. The fact that they keep circling back to him, it, it shows that they know he has something in him, Right. The same thing potentially they saw when they drafted him over Justin Jefferson. Um, you know, let's see what we can do. I mean, you know, 
the past is the past. We over yeah. it. Um, we got to see what we got in them. We're going to leave it in the past. Uh, <laughs> I, I want this defense, though. I, 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 before we move on to defense, defense, I want to touch on one more offensive thing because it is my cousin asking the question. Uh, any opportunity of J. Jaw being the backup? First of all, there's no lock for that. And secondly, mm-hmm. like, we have, like, between Grant uh, Calcaterra, between, you know, um, Tyree Jackson, we have a lot of options at tight end. And the fact that I haven't heard anything about J. Jaw yet, and yes. it's very rare that we ever do, yep. my man is uh, – stays the numbers. Story. Huh? Story. 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 Still early. Uh, Mark Burks is, is Devin Allen in camp. Yes, he is in camp. Um, um, yeah, actually had a couple catches out there. Um, and then, what's that? My microphone. The microphone. My microphone. Yeah, it's you this time, brother. I haven't had issues with this mic. How about now? Better? No, nah, oh, it's, it's still, still shitty. <laughs> All right, so welcome to the Malcolm Davis podcast. I'm taking yeah. over from Gail. <laughs> I'm mute, mute him for the time being. Um, yeah, uh, Devin Allen, that's that's another name that I feel like kind of has not not been talked about a lot. Um, uh-huh. You know, he's the speed is off the charts, but I really feel like the only way he's going to be able to contribute is through special teams. Yeah, and, at least at least in, in, in the immediate future, right? Yeah, you know? yeah. Because um, he was never really a big receiver or big reception guy at Oregon. So it's not like he went and had 200 receptions at Oregon and then ran track. Like, he wasn't a huge producer in that regard anyway. So right. definitely him and, and Kobe too, right? Like, their most immediate route to making the team has got to be special teams. They got to be dogs in that in that third sort of uh, phase of football. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's also a chance for you to knock off a first-round draft pick because we already talked about the four deep, right? Like, we know we four deep with the wide receivers. If we yeah. go six, five and six playing special teams, right? They're like, yeah, you could catch some footballs, you can run some routes, but you also – you you running – you're gunning, right? You're returning. Right, and You're right. doing the dirty work to make that paper and make that team. So uh, I think that, you know, it'll be interesting. Um, I thought that was funny – so offense seemed to like on day one and then day two, that defense came. They was like, yeah, nah, it's time to kick up. So you saw some dogs getting after it on day two uh, and just excited to see what this defense ultimately becomes. Um, somebody asked a question in here, like, do we have the wrong defensive coordinator for the players that we have? Uh, we're going to find out. Yeah, we're we, going we to find out real soon. Uh, t- Timothy Perkins asking, uh, how's the Kobe – Dean looking. Um, I've I've heard great things, but I also saw something yesterday that someone called him Bobby Wagner 3.0. Don't do this. Not yet. I saw somebody. I, I, say I, 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 I'm, 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 I'm just gonna say. I was like, no, full not yet. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean her, was, her was up for that. One. <laughs> I mean, to to be honest, I mean, like in terms of like the the football IQ and like the level of energy that he brought to his squad, and I feel like. That Georgia defense, like I thought, I thought he was just like that field field general. And I, I, obviously, we're not going to put that, you know, we're not going to put that. Uh, you know, Derek Barnett yeah, is is Reggie White kind of thing. Like right, we're not, right. we're not, Bobby Wagner is a OG level He's player, a generational linebacker. Yeah. So we'll see if Nakobe is that. Yeah. <laughs> but Nakobe was. He's a Pro Bowler, right? Like we don't need a generational middle linebacker to affect the defense in the way that we need. We need a person 
that can wear the green dot, that can make the calls, that can get us aligned, and when the time comes, make plays. I 100% think the Kobe Dean could do that. I was sitting on my couch yesterday looking at people talking about how he's the next Hall of Famer for us, and I'm like, mm. but <laughs> if he could make a Pro Bowl or two or three, that is incredible, right? Like I did that whole breakdown around linebackers. We haven't had a Pro Bowl linebacker. 20 years almost and so you know it wasn't it's been it was try yeah i think at 05 and so you know that's the big thing is hey you're finding if you're if you're going to find the all pro level linebacker it's in those first three rounds of the draft that part's done right homegrown talent so you're not going to get it in free agency homegrown talent drafted them develop them we got a dog, man. We got Kazir White, too, who I'm probably the most excited about in that linebacking core because I think that he brings something as far as his past defense that we haven't had in a really long time. Uh, let's get to some, some more offensive notes. I know um, the uh, the one one thing I heard from, um, who was it, Kemsky, noted that uh, your boy uh, Carson Strong has the strongest army mm-hmm. camp. Chucking. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not gonna say he's got the most. He's got the. He, he does have a strong arm. I, I think. Uh, I think. Um, yeah, also, I, I read that Gardner Minshew had one of the tightest window throws. Mm-hmm. Is that yeah? Yeah. yeah well, the whole whole thing. Gardner Gardner Minshew living in a van. Did you see that? <laughs> I saw that. I saw uh, that. Pay much attention to Gardner oh, Minshew, oh, to be quite honest. No, that no, it was just the story that was out. He rolled up in that van. Everyone's like, he was living in a van for a year or or whatever. I was like, that was interesting. Um, but um, other no- notes from uh, on the offensive side before we go full def- defense. So hold on one second. I want to address something here because further AM said wrong. Connor Barwin linebacker. Connor Barwin was an outside linebacker. We're talking off ball linebackers, middle linebackers. Right, like I'm not talking pass rush. Like edge rushers, so, yeah. Yeah, that's Connor Barwin and the Kobe Dean are two completely different football players. And so, as far as like off ball linebackers, inside linebackers, commanding the defense, running the defense, we haven't had a Pro Bowler since Jeremiah Trotter. So I appreciate you, dog. Like Connor Barwin was a dog, but he was pass rushing for us. Dude, the and Kobe I w- Dean is doing something completely different. Out of curiosity, I was because Jeremiah Trotter, if you don't know by now, is he's one of my all time favorite Eagles. Oh, I was just looking up the stats. Bro only had 12 and a half sacks in his entire career. I'm kind of blown away by that. I mm-hmm. get he's not rushing the quarterback as much, but still. Yeah. Was- he, he was your thumper. Um, yeah, he was your thumper for sure. But one, finally- last, one thing, just wanted to jump in. So uh, Kemsky had noted that Slay was on Smith and Bradbury was on A.J. Brown. I thought that was very interesting and kind of alludes to like potentially how they match up uh, in regards to like defending different receivers this year. But I think a lot of folks were under the impression it'd be the other way around. So seeing Slay staying on Smith and Bradbury banging with AJ Brown, I'm excited for those matchups for real. Mm-hmm. Now, Timmy said, Timmy says, have thoughts on Vic Fangio being at camp. Yes, if sir. you if you guys have been listening, we mentioned this like probably a month ago that Vic Fangio was in the building. And this was the first time I, that I actually seen it being reported. So I feel like, again, I think, you know, he is a, he's a Philly guy. Um, He's a Philly guy, but I know I, I know a, I need that he, shirt right there. You know? Eagle Eagle fans have been uh, doing eye emojis to uh, I, I throwing it out on Instagram and on on Facebook. Everyone's been eye. What does this mean? What does this mean? I think in terms of if they're trying to you know rework some things on defense, 
Um, I, I think he's a perfect guy to. Perfect. Do you think to, he's more of a consultant type role right now? Uh, yeah, so I think I yeah. think you know, and he doesn't have a job at this moment, so yeah. obviously he's making his rounds to camp and, and yeah. such. But I think he's he's a wonderful dude to pick his brain if you're trying to disguise what you're doing. John Jonathan Gannon, his presser today, started talking about you know disguising what they're doing and 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 it's take it's going to take players to make things uh look different and, and bringing the defense think, together do you think gannon's sweating at all with Vic i don't, Vangio I, being I don't think he's sweating uh, no? i don't think so i, I wouldn't think. be surprised if gannon was a part of bringing him in um and, and gail to your point about the disguises i love what gannon said right like disguises is just one player it's the whole defense right like everybody has to be coordinated to be able to disguise well and so you know i think that if you're really looking at a three four transition uh to you know a more multiple front where you are including those the three four looks who better than to chop it up within the Vic than Vic Fangio right like one of the better defensive coordinators that implements the three four in the NFL so I think it makes sense like I, when you don't have an ego you can have opportunities like this to bring folks in that otherwise could be seen as competition but in reality make your job easier and so you know I wanted Vic, uh, I wanted Vic as our defensive coordinator after Gannon's first year, um, but you know I think this is a great chance for Gannon to prove his worth, man. Um, and you know you gotta have the OGs around, you gotta pick the brains of the homies that did it before you have done it better than you right. to be able to get to where you're trying to go. Um, talking about defensive players that have uh, made some noise already, um, Mac McCain. Um, yeah, you know, he's the guy that is uh playing second team corner, but he's he's he, him and um Zach McPherson are both playing second string, but uh behind Bradbury and Slay. But McCain, a, a guy you know, not too many people know a lot about his game, but the fact that yeah. uh he's got that opportunity to so the second team looks like Mac McCain, Zach McPherson, and Josiah Scott as your uh nickel. But I felt like uh Slay went out of his way to really. Um, big up Zach McPherson. Uh, he yeah. said he said he's been working out with him, and uh, he, he he sees him as the guy that's going to replace him. Yeah, oh. and so that, 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 that that's high praise. That's high praise to get yeah. from uh, from Darius Slay. Uh, but yeah, I, I just wanted to build off that as well. I mean, like um, McCain has been talked about, but you know, there's been some mixed things about uh, Zach McPherson. Where like, oh. I know he got beat a couple times, but I've also been reading that he's been have, uh, performing and having some nice plays as well. So uh, to see him developing and uh, continuing to get better is huge. Um, one name I want to find out more about is uh, who we traded um, Zach Ertz for, is Tay Gowan, man. Like, how, how's his mm. development coming along? Uh, Tay, Tay Island. Are we going that? Tay Island, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I would love to have another guy contribute. There's no such yeah. thing as like not an or too much depth, you know what I mean? Having too many dogs, yeah. I, I, I really like want Kane's size. Yeah. I mean, at, at six foot 185, he's still young, 24 years old. Um, played at North Carolina AT, so probably the reason why you know he's not as highly acclaimed, but uh, has some good size for the position. You know, if we're gonna trust Cam Jurgens, if we're gonna trust that Cam Jurgens is the guy because of Kels. I mean, I would say, hey, if Slay is co-signing the dude, I'm here for it. Um, yeah. You know, Slay is the type of dude that he's not really tongue-in-cheek. He's not going to say things for the sake of saying it. You know, he's the type of guy that seems to be pretty straightforward about how he feels and what he thinks. And so, you know, if he's saying, hey, McCain has a chance, I just want to see it happen 
in real action in real life right that like you know these young dudes are gonna get a great chance to get a lot of reps this preseason and just seeing how the depth chart shakes out on defense um it's gonna be really interesting at safety at linebacker at corner at defensive line because there's so many dogs in this mix right now at wide receiver is a bunch right. of dogs in the mix and so you know Hungry dogs run faster, man. And, and you know, those hungry dogs are gonna get the job done. And, and those other folks will end up uh practice squad being cut, maybe on other rosters. Right. Right. I mean, obviously, people are talking about uh they you know been seeing them uh them odd and them odd fronts yeah. a little bit more than the even fronts. But I I feel yeah. like um it's gonna be they they talked about um to Gannon about the versatility and the, the ability to mix and match. And I think that's that's the one thing that I've been kind of like hammer at home is that you have these different styles of players so when you're trying to give these different looks you find i feel like you finally got the pieces in place that you can do those things with um so i feel like you know overall it's going to be it's going to be very interesting to see what we do um i i, I would love this is really what i, I I'm, I'm i can't wait to see what this defensive line does to carson wentz like I, nice. I, I, like I, I want to see. They go ball I, yeah. I just want to see the pressure tear them apart. I just want to see the pressure. And height. you see too how uh, the difference between the attendance at uh, Washington's first uh, open or first practice versus their second practice. No, it was like it was. There was a bunch of people there day one, and then Carson Wentz kind of pooped the bed. And uh, did he? That's what I heard. I heard. I heard he had a pretty uh, crappy practice, and uh, <laughs> like. There was like five people there following day. It's also it the commanders, day. and so it's yeah. like, I mean, yeah. it's a it's a dysfunctional team. Um, something that was repeated a couple of times was uh Devion Taylor making some plays, right? That like, you mm -hmm. know, I think in a lot of ways he became sort of the odd man out when we get in the Kobe Dean, when we draft when we we draft on the Kobe Dean, we pick up a Kaiser White or I feel you. <laughs> um, you know, Devion Taylor was like, okay, now he's the forgotten man, but you know, um, making some plays, showing the speed that got him drafted in the first place, right? They're like, yeah, when we drafted him, you and I talked about that transition from the star position to a traditional linebacker spot, right? And then they were cross training him on all three linebacker positions, so he never would in year one was able to get comfortable, dealt with some injuries, and so you know, this is arguably the best place to be in is no expectations, right? Sort of like Rager, no expectations. Right. That people ain't even expecting you to show up at this point. So anything you do is like a check mark plus, plus. Yeah. And so to see Davion showing up um, early, uh, you know, has me excited because, man, you can't have enough good linebackers at such a physical position. You need dudes that you can sub in and sub out and rotate just so that they don't wear down over the course of the year. Um, especially looking at somebody like Nakobe, who's a little bit undersized for the position. I mean, overall, I think on the second day, the defensive unit really shined. Um, you know, yeah. they, they said it was a rough day for the offense. Um, obviously, when you don't have your other field general and Jason Kelsey out there, uh, that could be an issue. But I, yeah. I, I think, um, again, this is – like, obviously, the media is the media, but, like, in every football camp, you know, you'll, you'll have practices where the defense win, wins the day. The defensive players will be bragging in meetings and be like, the, the head coach will make it something something out of this, and then the next day, offense, like, no, nah, this ain't happening tomorrow. Right, um, exactly. Right. So everybody challenges each other. Um, was, there, was there a play where A.J. Brown and uh, Slay got into it a little bit? 
out there? AJ Brown and Slay. Yeah, Slay had a, a reception um, that he pulled away from. Or AJ Brown had a reception he pulled away from Slay, and they apparently had to be broken up. TJ Edwards had a punch out on on uh, AJ Brown on a short pass, causing forcing them fumbles. AJ Brown, hold on to that rock, baby, because you know with the drop passes with the fumbles, you know that was something that you brought over from Tennessee. Lead that back in Tennessee, my boy. We don't need that in Philadelphia. We good. Um, but yeah, to your point, Galen, like I love the fact that Sirianni and his staff preach competition. So you know for damn sure that after day two, if the defense was really dominating like that, they're going to get back into those meeting rooms and be like, hey, it's on us now, right? Like, we got to go out and dominate. Like, when these folks are cut, when they talk about us next time out, is we did this, right? Like, we dominated the defense. And then this return volley defense, like, hey, man, we got to kick up. But to me, again, that's the testament of – a 17 and no football team right there. You feel me? Mm-hmm. Like that's championship level stuff. We wasn't having these conversations a couple years ago. We like, God, this team is terrible. You go into camp, you like, this team is no good, bro. Like we have right. glaring holes in multiple places that are important. And I feel like now it's like we're over analyzing and over assessing things because we're trying to nitpick on a team that could be really good this year. Now, uh, if you guys have any questions in the chat, we will we'll take some questions as you, as we go along. I know uh, further am he says, what is your thoughts on Greg Grant Calcaterra? Yeah, we, spoke a little bit on, we spoke a little bit about him earlier in the pod, but um, I feel like a guy, he again, who's modeled his game after Zach Ertz, the one and only, that's the, who he modeled his game after, I think, as a pass catcher. He's, I think, you know, earlier when we did our tight end position breakdown, I said he's going to get an opportunity to get a lot of reps. Um, and yeah. if he keeps on showing up, we'll see. Yeah. We'll see. Jay Jaw. We'll see. I, uh, I think Brandon. Fred is a dog, man. And shout out mm-hmm. to Fred. Uh, Calcaterra is a dog. Shout out to Fred. I love this Beavis and Butthead yeah. uh, picture, by the way. That's dope, brother. I love yeah. it. Um, Brandon says, do you guys see any trades from training camp? What do you say, Ev? I don't, I don't see anything off the top of my head. We had talked before about uh, Andre Dillard potentially being moved. But like I said earlier, I, I like the idea of having more depth on the offensive line. Uh, so if I'm really – like going into the season and I'm weighing, do I want depth or do I want to try and reach and go and get a guy? Um, I'm, I'm rather like, I'm looking at this team and I'd rather just go into the season with the guys that we have potentially uh, move somebody prior to the trade deadline. I could mm-hmm. see like a player, like a, depending on how Miles Sanders does this year, I think he could be a guy that could potentially move at like the trade deadline. Uh, depending on where we're at at the season. I'm just saying, yeah, throwing it Reggie out there. Was, if if, if Kenny G and Boston Scott are balling out and we're looking at Miles Sanders like, yo, we could move him, potentially recoup a draft pick, yeah. I can see it happening. Now, Reggie so in like, the comments says, if Sanders doesn't live up yeah. to the hype, do we trade him and draft a running back with one of our firsts? Not, not the first with the round. first round. Yeah. Nah. Not in the first round. You got, you got to save those picks for potentially um, – moving up if, if need be uh or like there's just other rounds you can you can get yeah, a running yeah. back day three there's no need to yeah. want day one or two i think one of my dark horse candidates is gardner Minshew. um depending on if an injury happens to a prominent quarterback right that like Minshew is one of those guys that could probably come in learn your offense pretty quickly and you know he, he got some moxie to him he, he's gonna play the game uh right. he's gonna work his behind off and so you know if carson strong I don't think Reese Annette is going to be the guy. But if Carson Strong starts picking up more of those third-team reps, starts looking good, gets into a preseason game, you know, moving the ball around can show that he can translate his skills from college into the NFL. 
Um, I think that you look at a guy like Gardner Minshew, you could probably recoup a little bit of value off of him and, you know, move into the future with some young guys at the position, um, but some dogs too, right? That like Hurts has some animal in him. Um, and Carson Strong, despite being called immature during the interview process, I mean, didn't cry about not getting drafted, right? You haven't heard too much about that afterwards. And so, you know, if he can show up and that knee is healthy, um, I would think about, you know, testing the waters to see who might be interested in, in a Gardner Minshew sort of trade uh, or move. Carson Strong did uh, force the issue on the garlic bread in the rookie uh, cook-off um, with the with the filet mignon. He thought that garlic bread should be a serious contender for his side. And, with filet mignon? Yeah. Um, and the group did, denied his wishes. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's kind of I love garlic bread, but that's come on. That was, that, was, that was a red flag, my guy. Carson, yeah. you got a little bit of money. Clash yourself up a little bit, baby. Yeah. You know what I mean? Red flag. A bit. He's, he's got lobster and Skittles coming up next. <laughs> <laughs> shout, out, shout, out to, shout out to Tim. He says, any chance the Eagles make a move for Bates or are they completely satisfied with Epps? I think they're giving Epps every opportunity yeah. to be that guy. Um, yep. Today in uh, uh, Gannon's presser, he described uh, the reasons why Epps is that dude. He said, yep. in today's NFL – safety position uh he said when he started in 2000 what uh, 2005 uh the safety position is not the same position you're required to cover required to tackle yeah. and be where you're supposed to be and, and um he feels like epps is that guy obviously they bring in tart who's a guy who can uh be rotational as well so i feel like they have their little you know just think you know they they have a, a quality safety plan yeah uh, we also have Anthony Harris, so we're talking yep. about uh, rotating these guys. Hey, man, you got three guys that can play the position. Um, the base of uh, uh, Eagle fans are clamoring for that move. Oh, I don't think I yeah, have the, the Bengals are the worst. The, the Bengals are the worst when, when it comes to contract is, yeah. uh, issues with their players. Mm-hmm. How long How long did Carson Palmer try to get out of? Yeah, you're <laughs> not long. Bro, like a minute. A minute, minute. so it's very, very tough to deal with um, their front office. And I I don't think that the Bates move right now today is a necessity, right? That I, like, see what Jaquaski Tart can offer you. Got Marcus Epps, you got Wallace, you got, you know, Harris, you named all these people. If you can't find two functional starters and then a third rotational dude out of that group, Hey, maybe, right? Like, see what the Bengals are interested in or, or what they want, but they're not going to just trade Bates to us for nothing, right? That, like, it's going to cost a good player and potentially draft capital or really good draft capital to bring Bates in. And then you got to give them a contract. And so that goes into the fund, the, the spending for future years. Um, and, you know, how he's always trying to play that, like, walk that line really delicately around salary cap. So, I, personally, I, I think that Bates is a really good football player. I just don't think that what it would take to get him is worth it right now until we see what our safeties have. Um, And I think that that's part of the case with why people haven't traded from Minshew to Brandon's point. You know, folks got to see what they have first, right? Like you got to see your quarterbacks, Drew Locke and, and Gino go out and throw ducks and throw it in the ground and just look really, really bad before you turn around and say, okay, shit, we need to go replace them. Um, so I think that like it's still kind of early. People have are super optimistic. I'm still talking about 17 and 0, right? And so, you know, as things go along, you'll get a better idea of where you stand. 
And then I think at that point, that's when you start testing the waters to see if folks are interested or if an injury happens, that makes it blatantly obvious that, you know, a team is really in need of a new quarterback or a new player that maybe is expendable for us. Crazy that Seattle had uh, was able to cash in on that extension with uh, with DK Metcalf when they don't even have a freaking quarterback to throw to him. Hey, are you calling Geno Smith not a quarterback? I'm calling them both not a quarterback. <laughs> yeah, Geno Smith, Jacob Eason, and Drew Locke. I think that's yeah. Uh, you know, it, we'll, we will see. We will see. Um, yeah. I still remember uh, Geno Smith. Didn't he get like break his jaw because he, he was talking shit in the uh-huh. locker room or something? Yeah, yeah. Somebody snuck him. Little red flag. Uh, Ricky says, Good afternoon, fellas. We are set at safety, keep them rotating. So, I don't yeah. think Bates is really needed. I'm happy with our guys. And uh, shout out to Ricky. I know he's uh expecting a child. So, congratulations congrats man. to you, yeah, Ricky. Congrats, man. Um, Darren says, uh, Jacoby Stevens is now really an odd man out in the linebacker room, right? Mm. Do you think uh, they, they try to move him back to safety? I, no, I don't no. know if he's. That I'm dude sure. as a safety. Yeah, I'm um, not sure if he makes the roster, honestly. Yeah. Um again, again. He's we'll, a we'll, practice squad stash. I feel like yeah. You, know, he, you could de- you could develop him on the back end, but yeah. it, it could be as a back end player. But yeah. We'll I see. mean, he when we took Jacoby, it wasn't like he was gonna come in and be that guy immediately, right? That when we had him, he he was switching positions, developmental dude was gonna take time. You know, that's what being able to save folks on the practice squad is for, is to be able to hold on to people that you want to keep. So, you know, it's, it's not bad to get pushed out in a numbers game where you're behind a bunch of really talented people. If we had a bunch of bums at the linebacker position and then Jacoby couldn't make it, that would be a cause for concern for me. But if he gets pushed out in a numbers game, but we still able to hold on to him and develop him, um, you know, next year is a whole new year, man. You see guys jump from year one to year two, year two to year three all the time. Uh, and show up and, and really become dogs. So we'll see. Now uh, Todd says, I haven't heard any, haven't heard Jordan Davis name much during camp. Mm-hmm. Have you not seen him sing Rick James <laughs> in the uh, rookie sing off? I thought, I thought, I thought it was tremendous. Yeah. Uh, he, but he's bringing a really good energy to the, the group. And uh, I, I feel like in terms of the right now, they are trying to, if you take, Gannon's words for it, they are trying to figure out what he does best at this moment. Yeah. Again, we're only two practices in. Um, you know, uh, this the, these are the words of Jason Kelsey. Jason Kelsey said he's 6'6", 340 pounds, and ran a 4740. He should be pretty good at football. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I mean, again, I think uh still early in camp. I know Brandon Graham. He was he was ecstatic about um, Jordan Dave, Jordan yeah. Davis's body structure, yeah, and he was saying the way can. that way that he was built, he was super impressed. He yeah. pointed he pointed at Mal and he said, "Look, he's I got about it. I got it right here. I, got I was right kind of I was kind of mad when he pointed at me. I'm like, hold on, dog. I am not no 340 pounds, man." So uh, if you, if you haven't checked out yet on the Fourth of John uh, YouTube, be sure to like and subscribe. Shout out to like Aaron. That's good to hear. That's that's great to hear. You know what I'm saying? Just imagine six five. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But he looked like that. Though. Mm-hmm. I mean, he looked good. Like, I, ain't saying that. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yo, chill, say. No, but you know, you would think he'd be. Yeah, but uh, yeah. To to his point, um, you know, haven't heard much about Jordan Davis. If there, if there's one person that is going to be singing Jordan 
Davis's praises and it's Brandon Graham. Dude, that's all I need to hear right there. Brandon Graham is a, he's a legendary Eagles defensive lineman. If he's liking what he's saying, I'm happy. Jordan Davis isn't one of those dudes that's going to flash, right? Like he's a space eater. We got him because he likes triple teams. That like you're going to you're going to hear him and we're going to see him in preseason games when the season starts, right? Like he's not a skill position player. He's not a quarterback. So he's not one of these dudes that people are going to constantly be looking at at making plays, not just yet. Um, you know, when the helmets get on, man, that's when I'm gonna be hyped. But now we got two space eaters that are gonna be playing right next oh, to Oh, we got all the space, they eating space, bruh. And that exactly. and this is gonna let the dogs run. Exactly. I don't know that I said dogs this many times in my whole life. <laughs> but I got two of them in the house. Yeah. They they did say they say they saw Jordan Davis at the nose, Javon Hargrave yeah. and Milton Williams uh used as the three four ends. So that's, that's gonna be bro. It's gonna nice. be can you with Graham, Sweat, um, you Fletch. know, coming rushing on the outside, you know, Fletch to rotate in. Mm-hmm. Bro, like, that's a nasty front. That's a nasty front. Mm. Yes, sir. I mean, uh, you know, uh, you were, we hit that hour mark. <laughs> we have. It's either when we start talking about food or, uh, you know. I mean, National I got, I got something. I got something that isn't food related, but uh, I just want to know if you guys caught it. Uh, Darius Leonard changed his name to he's Shaquille yeah. Leonard now. Yep. Who's what's the first thing you thought of when you heard that? Because it was something that came right to my mind. Shaquille O'Neal. No, it was uh, it was Trey Thomas, bro. Do you remember when Trey Thomas had like changed his name like three times in the course of like two years? Trey. Yeah. He, he he tried to I looked it up earlier. He okay. went he 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 was um he was originally William Thomas and then right. he went, he was called Trey Thomas and he after uh the, apparently there was a William Thomas that played on the Eagles back in the 90s yep. and he wanted to be called William Thomas but everybody called him Trey. And then after William didn't stick around, he's like fuck it, I'm Trey. And so I don't know. That I was just kind of the first. I I just remember like every off season being, oh, Trey Tam- Thomas changed his name again. <laughs> and they uh, dropped a rap album. It was called Trey Day. Yeah. Trey Day. Yeah. Did he really? No. <laughs> I was about to say. Lord smoke smoke weed every day. How about uh the singing? Um, uh, someone put in the comments on Facebook. They said if uh they were still testing, they probably would have tested. <laughs> Jordan Davis, uh, Jordan Davis after hearing him sing Rick James. You know how, Jane. You how excited the players were too. It's a bunch of weed smokers you, out there, bro. It's a bunch of chiefers, man. Is it did I did I miss that news? Is that uh, was that new this year? That you're allowed to smoke this song? No. Yeah, you're allowed you, to, you don't test you see all the pictures of these dudes taking pictures of joints and yeah, man. Nah. They, yeah, they they that's, that's new this year, though, right? That I, they're not I testing. believe so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it was yeah, last it's like, year. It's like, a, it's like a window in the offseason where you don't get tested. But uh, also, you got to think about it. Several of the states where players are, like legal. teams are, is legalized, right? And so, like, right. the NFL had to figure out a way to sort of streamline that. So, I think that that was the happy medium until potentially there's some sort of federal regulation that makes it legal across the board. But I'm here for it, man. You know, so, a lot of these have, dudes use it for pain regulation. Have you uh, listened to that Rick James song yet, Mary Jane? Uh, by Jordan Davis or by Rick James? By Rick James. Of course. Bro, you think I don't know Rick James? Uh, I'm, I, I'm just <laughs> I'm asking if you heard that song. That's all. Yeah. You know? Yo, Yo, I know you're an 80s. I would have pulled Ev's card if he hadn't listened to that. Like, nah, <laughs> bro. Ev's nah, not very... solidified no more. 
Ev's very well-rounded cultural musical yeah. taste. Uh, you can go anywhere from um, Nirvana to uh, Big L. Yes. Lo- to favorite, um, rapper, yeah. So yeah. Yeah, we uh the day we kicked it, he had a playlist that had I mean everything you could imagine on it. So yeah, Ev is he's a he's a he's a cultured young man. So so it's uh, crunchy beer. AJ beat me to it. Except <laughs> crunchy beer, that's nasty. Yeah, uh, we, we are we 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 are talking about doing a crunchy beer T-shirt, and actually I think uh, at the tailgate we should have Evan's crunchy beer. I'll 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 deshell some uh some peanuts for people and they can uh they, they could pour their their sponsored Bud Lights into a cup and uh, enjoy a crunchy beer. Like I, I went to a Fourth and John tailgate and I never came back because they had crunchy beer. Yeah, I feel like that's gonna be me. I haven't been in years. I'm gonna show up crunchy beer. I'm gonna call my wife. Be like, I'm coming home, man. Wrong, wrong. So uh shout out to shout out to prime prime is uh working hard today yes sir um yes, sir, primo. but shout out to him hey you guys got any big plans for this weekend besides um, potentially doing another podcast yeah probably, probably just gonna be podcasting bro <laughs> yeah my cousin uh may he rest in peace he passed away oh, sorry, uh, his man. birthday oh, sorry, anniversary is tomorrow so I know his mom is throwing something at her crib. So me and the wife and my pops will probably pull up, jump out, you know what I mean? Spend some nice. time with the family. But yeah, looking forward to podcasting. I got my own podcast that I gotta think about too. So I gotta I gotta get busy this weekend, man. But also some 2K, I think. So you know, it'll be a nice weekend. <laughs> <laughs> what do you say if we're gonna play 2K? We haven't hooked Gail, up. Yeah, no, you're not. Bro, I I be you, Gail, you no, don't my lifestyle when yeah, I play. Yeah. You're not. Oh, well, you would you want to put money on this? Now, Gail throat goes through. Phases, I don't. Bro, you where... you play the team, John. I see you in Madden, but I don't play the team aspect of two K. I just do my player. Yo, in, look, in we Ma- even got off track, man. Yo, yeah, in, Ma- yo, yo, in Madden, track. in Madden, I don't even I'll run plays. Madden, I don't even run plays. I run my own plays. Yeah, I'm gonna smoke you, man. Don't worry. <laughs> what do you mean you run your own plays? Like you, you... now everything is. Every, I look. I read the defense and run you plays play off. I got, you, I got you. I got you. Playing that Sandlot football. I'm gonna nah, crush man. it. I'm gonna crush your <laughs> quarterback the best. Yeah, you move up your little safety. <laughs> like, yeah, I got you on oh, the. Uh, oh, about the to get him. Come on now. Don't worry about it. When I when I smoke, Gail, we're gonna stream it so everybody can see it. And you know, <laughs> it, it'll it'll stand in and it'll stand in the internet forever, man. <laughs> Now, Daniel says, I miss your Manscaped promos. Need to come up with something new that UFC will take over as well, thanks to your hype. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, we're welcoming sponsors, Daniel. So if you, if you yes. know anybody, <laughs> send them our way. <laughs> uh, I'll read. For the AMS, when are you guys coming back on live again? Hey, man, we're, we still have one more back tomorrow. Podcast. Bro. True. Um, yeah, see, this guy forgets about the special teams. He said, "Fuck punters." No, no, I, I'm saying we we got two. We could you could slip in some special teams. Well, we, we got, you want through a whole episode for them? Okay, we could do that. No. no. Yo, Prime, <laughs> come show up for you. Gonna tap in for me for the special teams episode. We're gonna switch, bro. <laughs> oh, we we didn't talk about the uh, the the five returners at practice. Probably Part a little bit earlier. Were Jalen Rager. Uh, we had Quez Watkins. We had uh, Burton Burton Ward. 
Britton Covey and Lenore, the new. Yeah. And uh, Devin Allen, no? No, Devin Allen on punt returns. Uh-uh. Well, that's not good. D that's Smith? Yeah. Devontae Smith, he, he's bulked up, man. I think yeah. he I think he put good. about five or six pounds of muscle on. Yeah, he, he's looking good. He's looking good. Let me get a rib. He's showing off the gun. Showing off rib. <laughs> How much for one rib? F the cup poured in my hand for 15. <laughs> <laughs> if if you know, you know. Yeah, yeah you know. seriously. All the young folks is like, what the hell are they talking about? All the old heads is like, that's my movie right there. That's a... Uh, I'm gonna get you, sucker. Yes, sir. Heck of a movie. Every black man needs his own theme music. <laughs> <laughs> we can leave it that one. Um, yeah. Did Ev, did you have anything before we left? Uh, no. Uh, everybody, be safe out there. Thank you for That's tuning right. in. Go birds. Uh, wow. Yeah, no. you know my name is Mal, man. Come on now. Um, but yeah, always the same thing, man. I love y'all. I uh, love the fans. A lot of folks that tap in. Always a pleasure to, to do this. Like we're gonna ramp up content this season. We got stuff planned and, and on the horizon to to mix it up and just be out here more frequently in regards to content. So just excited to continue to. Uh, hey Daniel, that's what's up, man. Just excited to continue to Thanks, connect with you all. Um, spread the word, right? Like this is the big piece. Is if you love the content, if you love the things that we create. Let other people know, right? Like, you know, share the links to the live broadcast. Come pull up on us at the tailgates. Don't drink the crunchy beer. Um, the but crunchy definitely beer. <laughs> but definitely come to the tailgates and, and just, you know, spread the good word because Fourth and John is for the people, man, and, and it's built by the people. So, um, you know, I think that that makes us really unique and why I just continue to enjoy to engage with, with this brand and with the folks that are part of the process. Uh, yeah, man, it's, it's always good to see everyone connect with everyone every week friday podcast nice and laid back yeah, uh, i really hope you guys have a great weekend yes, um, we're gonna we're gonna keep on talking about the eagles we're not gonna stop we're also gonna, be, we're also gonna be traveling on yeah. with philly sports trips so if you're trying to get in on some trips let them know yo Please vince um and uh we have our own little tailgate coming up at the august 7th open practice so if you guys are wandering around the parking lot we'll be there having a good time evan says he's going to be making cheesesteaks i yes, gotta contact sir. my people get get some meat and uh gonna be handing hey. out some cheesesteaks yeah so he gonna secure the meat yo yeah, yeah. so um <laughs> that's, that, that'll that'll be the practice tailgate yes sir it's just a yes, practice D- dj lowski will be there as well spinning so it, it, it'll be like the real thing pull up yo pull up if you ain't yeah, got nothing to do, August seventh. Yeah, you ain't got. What is that? A Sunday? Sunday, yeah. Excited, yeah, you, you, you're not gonna, gonna have anything one. going on. It's the uh, Lord's Day. The Lord's Day. <laughs> open practice day and Fourth and John's day. And it's, and I, it's and I can promise no. there'll be no peanuts in. Please, Darren, no. Although I might have to experiment behind Yo, the scenes and see if there's something there. Evan, I swear on everything <laughs> I love, I will personally drive you back to New Jersey and drop you at your parents' house. And, and you will be banned from this city if That's I fair. see a peanut in a damn cheesesteak, bro. <laughs> I draw the line somewhere, dog. And I, I think that I, might every, be everybody it. has to have their limits. I, I am, I am, I am, I am, I am doing it. I am, I am doing a crunchy beer. I know you are. I'm just, just for Evan. Just for Evan. Yeah, 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 yeah. Can't knock it. That's no, what I can. 
I don't like crack, and I had to try that. <laughs> I, don't, I don't need Crunchy Bear in my life either. <laughs> Certain things. But anyways. <laughs> uh, but yeah, man. Uh, we'll see you guys soon. And as always, fly, Eagles, fly. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.